Hey guys, welcome to the Real Love Podcast. We are so excited that you're here with us. And as always, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you taking time to invest in yourself, taking time. Uh, you, you have stuff going on. Uh, you could be listening to music right now. You could be uh, scrolling through Instagram right now, whatever you like to do to waste time, but you're taking time to invest in yourself. So I always want to celebrate you for that. I'm proud of you for that. And I'm very excited about what we're going to talk about today. Now, I don't know where you're at in your life, but here at Faith Promise, we just celebrated Easter. God moved in unbelievable ways, and I'm actually really excited to follow up, uh, to keep that spiritual momentum going. So at my house, this may seem weird, but Easter is our favorite holiday. Um, now, that's a little harder to get your kids to be as excited about Easter uh, as they are for Christmas, right? Uh, they, they don't get presents on Christmas, but just even just think about that. Even as your family and your friends, whenever you think about what holidays represent, Easter represented the most crazy, unbelievable, massive move of God that our world's ever seen, where Jesus died for our sins and rose again. It's unbelievable, but we're going to get into uh, something that God has for you. Something else I always like to hit on and and touch is I want to encourage you to continue to grow. And we're going to talk today about leading yourself, but we talked early in the year about personal growth plan. And hey, uh, I know sometimes even when I say personal growth plan, maybe the first thought that comes to mind is guilt or shame. That is not from God. So can I encourage you, go back to it. If you haven't reviewed it, go back and check it out. And hey, you can delete stuff off. That's fine. But here's, think about how crazy this is. Think, think about this. And we've all done it. Maybe you've got a goal you want to hit um, in like maybe weight loss or something and like memorizing scripture or whatever it is. And how many of us, uh, we get halfway through January, February, March, or like in April and think, oh, I'll try again next year. It's crazy that you're gonna wait. Oh, you're gonna wait. How many months it is? Whatever it is, eight more months. You know, to press in to what God's called you to. I want to encourage you. Check that out. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about with the growth plan, go back to January uh, and December. Check those podcasts out. But hey, we're gonna get into uh, today something that I think is massive. We all have a calling. We all have a purpose that God has called us to accomplish, right? Uh, and if you don't believe that, don't take my word for it. It's biblical. God has set you apart. God has called you to do something amazing. But let me tell you these two quotes that I love. Uh, these are some things that I live by uh, that really affect me. Uh, one is by one of our mentors here, uh, John Maxwell. And he says, you never drift to a desired location. I mean, think about that. You never drift to a desired location. So whether the desired location is hitting a goal, whether the desired location is an intimate relationship, whether the desired location is the next step in your career, your calling, whatever it might be, I mean, we really never drift to a desired location. And so keep that in mind. And there's another one I want you to think about. And, and this is this is huge. And you're a leader and you, you, you wouldn't be spending this time investing in yourself if you didn't know that God's called you to do something, God has, that God has called you to impact the world. And so one of our pastors, or somebody who mentors Faith Promise, his name is Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris Hodges. And he said, you cannot build a culture, you can only be a culture. And so I believe that all of us have something in the world that we want to be different, something that we want to change, somewhere that we want to see God move, something about culture that we just see just this righteous indignation about, right? And what I want to encourage you, the culture to build that, to change that, 
It's not something that you build, whether through a social media post or, or writing a, a political figure, whatever it might be. We change it by being it. So what is the change? What are the actions that would see that culture shift? And let's live those things out. And so here's what I want to cover today. The most challenging thing in leadership, the most challenging thing in making a change, the most hard place to lead is leading yourself. How many times has somebody came to you and said, hey, hey, I wonder what I'm, what I'm supposed to do about this, and I wonder what the answer to this relationship problem is, or this problem at work, or this problem with my kids, and you know the answer. You know it. You know, you know what to do, but when it's your issue, when it's your challenge, it feels so much harder to make progress. That's because the hardest person to lead is ourself. I love something my dad taught me. My dad said, Zach, no one will ever treat you worse. No one will ever say worse things about you. No one else will ever make you doubt you as much as you, right? You think about the stuff that you say about yourself, the things that you think about yourself when you look in the mirror. No one degrades the calling that God has put in you like you. So what we have to learn to do is we have to learn to lead ourselves. Again, coming out of Easter and coming out of this time of the impossible— Easter represents the impossible more than anything else that we celebrate. And coming out, if we're going to accomplish the impossible, which I believe that we've been called to do, then we're going to have to learn how to lead ourselves. And so, hey, it may be you're a person who wants to lead other people, whether it's your family, people at work, your group, whatever it might be. And I, this, there's just a sentence that I wrote down that I just believe this. We earn the right to lead others. We earn the right to lead groups. We learn, earn the right to even lead a movement by leading ourselves. And so you look in the future, you're like, gosh, I want to accomplish this. I want to be a part of this. My question is, are you leading yourself in such a way to see that happen? Are you leading yourself in such a way to make the impact, the significance that you so desire to see? And so, hey, there's obviously a lot of different parts about leading yourself. And if, if I can just be super candid with you, and I'm going to go through a couple of scripture with you, but I, I just, I just want to be super transparent. Uh, I, I really pride myself in leading myself and as something that my mentors and my dad have been very intentional to teach me. Uh, but I was, I was actually traveling a few weeks ago and I walked in this room with all these high powered leaders um, and there were, there were leaders that were my age, leaders that, was, that were older than me, and uh, I work in the church world, and a lot of these people didn't, and, and so I already felt a little insecure, just to be totally candid with you being there, and just listen to these people and all that, that God was using them to accomplish. It was, it was huge, and I started wondering, gosh, can I do that? And let me tell you how silly this is. This, this, is, how, this is how silly it is. I was sitting at dinner, and um, it was me and my wife, and then these two leaders that are on their way to being billionaires, with a B, billionaires, right? And actually, John Maxwell sitting right there. You may know who he is. Maybe you don't, but he, he's one of my heroes, right? And th this is it's so silly, uh, but I'm talking to him, and the guy in front of me, he's eating a vegan meal, right? And so I said, are you vegan? And he, he laughed and said, sometimes. We were just joking. And then John Maxwell says, uh, I'm vegan sometimes when I'm sleeping. And uh, we were just, we were just all just joking, laughing, ha ha, right? And then I laughed. I looked at John and I said, oh, you're vegan for eight hours, right? And he cut his eyes at me. He's like, I never sleep that long. And he's just joking. Now, he really doesn't sleep that long. But in that moment, he wasn't correcting me. We were just joking, right? Well, 
sometimes I feel insecure. I'm like, am I working hard enough? Am I doing enough to, to make the impact that God wants me to make, right? And maybe you feel that way, maybe you don't, but I know that I do. I'm like, gosh, am I, am I working hard enough? Am I doing enough? And I felt like, gosh, when he said, I never sleep that long, I just felt insecurity rise up in me. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what, what is, so, so the next day I set the alarm on my, on my watch for 5.30 and then one for six. We had to be out the door at 8.30. I was going to wake up and work out, have my quiet time. And the six o'clock alarm on my watch didn't go off. And so I overslept and I slept until, I didn't wake up till seven. So I didn't have time to do the thing I want to do. So it started to compound. Long story short, I'm in this amazing environment where I have this opportunity to learn and I have this, this like internal turmoil with this insecurity and this distraction. And I had a choice. I remember sitting there at the table, bre- like we're, we're eating breakfast and we're about to go take this tour of these schools and, and, get, and get taught leadership stuff. And I had this choice. Am I going to lead myself or am I going to waste this time? Am I going to lead myself out of this cave? Am, am I, am I going to believe these things that I know that I'm saying about myself are untrue when it comes to God's word, or am, am, am I going to believe those things, or am I going to stand on what God says about me? In that moment, I had to choose to lead myself. Hey, listen, it's not easy, but what I want to ask you to do, I want to ask you to take inventory. Are you leading you? And the, again, this is multifaceted. We have to be growing. We, we have to be being led. We have to be mentoring. There's a lot of stuff, but there's one word that I really thought God wanted me to share with you today. I shared it with our staff recently. This one word when it comes to leading yourself, will you lead yourself in zeal? Will you lead yourself in having zeal, this passion? And he, just let me encourage you. Maybe you think, well, I'm, I'm not, how do I know if I'm zealous or not? How do I don't know if I have zeal or not? Well, I would think about this. Think about the people around you, the people that you either are peers with or the people you lead, whether it's a spouse or your kids or peers or people you lead at work or in your group, are they zealous? A lot of times it's much easier to judge other people than to judge ourselves. I want you to think for a second about the people you lead. Are they zealous? If you would say they're not zealous, because so often what we do is we judge other people and we never think about us. If the people you lead are not zealous, I would encourage you to think maybe you're not leading with zeal. Maybe you're not leading a zealous life. In James, he talks about the Bible as a mirror to view ourselves, not a window to look out and judge others, right? Huge. So are we, are we leading ourselves to be people of zeal? So I'm going to read you a couple passages, and I'm going to tell you three things that zeal does for you. And I want you to ask yourself, are you these things? So in Psalm 69, verses uh, 8 and 9, this is King David that wrote this. And he said, I am a foreigner among my own family, a stranger to my own mother's children, for zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. So what I want to tell you is that zeal sets you apart. Zeal, especially zeal for God, sets you apart. And that's, that's the number one place we have to lead ourselves. We have to lead ourselves in our walk with God, our passion for God. But hey, listen, is your zeal for God setting you apart? David said that he was a foreigner in his own family, a stranger among his mother's children. That There's nothing about you that's more true than like your family, 
right? They've been around you more than anybody, right? They're, they're more like you than anybody. Yet David was so zealous for God and for his house that he looked more like a Christ. He looked more like a believer, a man of God than he did like his family. Zeal sets you apart. Are you living a set apart life? Whenever it comes to decisions, morally, character, relationally, spiritually, physically, are you making them for how it affects your walk with God, your zeal, your leadership, and whether that's in the church or the marketplace, wherever it might be. Hey, a zealous life, a life filled with zeal is a set apart life. Let me tell you another one. In John 2, 13 through 17, it says this, when it was almost time, this is huge, when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle and sheep and doves and others sitting at the money uh, at the tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove them all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered it would be said about the Messiah. They remembered zeal for your house consumes me. Now think about this. When Jesus walked in the temple, when Jesus would come to the temple, he was there to teach, right? Now listen, how many times have you walked in to have your quiet time or walked in to have a conversation with somebody and you've gotten distracted, right? By your, by Instagram or by a text message or a phone call or a thought or, or by the, you know, the next episode on, on Netflix running, right? And we get distracted. Jesus walked in to teach the word and there were cows, sheeps, people changing money, all this stuff. But Jesus was so focused on God's name being lifted high that he moved it. And what I want you to see is zeal gives you focus. Zeal gives you a life of focus. It sets you apart and it gives you a life of focus. Now, here's something I, I, just want, I just want you to, I hope that this changes you. I hope that today that you would feel this. See, I don't know if, if you were listening, maybe you got this. In Psalm 69, David said, zeal for your house consumes me. And then in John 2, the disciples remembered that it would be said, zeal for your house consumes me. So they're actually quoting that Psalm from David in 69, right? So when David wrote, zeal for your house consumes me, he didn't realize that he was writing a prophecy that Jesus would fulfill as well. But here's what I want us to think about. Is that prophecy just about Jesus? Because it was true for David. It was true for Jesus. And actually in Luke 4, we see Jesus said that the anointing, the spirit has come upon me. What spirit came on Jesus? The Holy Spirit. The same spirit that is on you has come on, or say, sorry, the same spirit that's come on Jesus has come on you. I'm here to tell you, I believe this prophecy from David was about Jesus. And now it should be about us that we should let zeal for God's house, for, for God's mission, for his vision, for people to live an abundant life, John 10, 10, for that to be what consumes us. I really believe that's who God has called us to be. Listen, a zealous life gives you a life that's set apart. It gives you a life of focus. And there's one more that I wanna tell you. I just wanna speak over you. And listen, we all have natural dispositions as, as a person, as a leader, maybe you do the, the Enneagram and you've got all those or the disc or the Myers, whatever. We've all done these assessments and we all have these different leadership styles and temperaments. But can I tell you, 
you're supposed to be bold. And hey, we're all bold in different ways, and that's okay. But my question is, are you pushing boldness? Are you pushing? Let me, let me tell you, sorry, let me, let me get ahead of myself. In Isaiah 42, 13, it says, the Lord will march out like a champion. Just real quick, just so you know, maybe you've seen movies, um, uh, but in, in this day, in this time, there would be a champion like David and Goliath. Sometimes armies would make this deal where they would both pick a champion. That's what Goliath was for the Philistines. And they would pick a champion and just the champions would fight. And whoever won, instead of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people dying in a battle, right, just one of the champions would die and that would be the whole war. That's actually what was happening with David and Goliath. Well, right here, Isaiah 42, 13, the Lord will march out like a champion. Hey, listen, He's your champion. He's fighting for you. If you use the story of David and Goliath a lot, maybe you read that story. If you haven't heard that story, it's a great story to look up. But in David and Goliath, you know that we're not David, right? We're the Israelites back there, you know, peeing our robes, hoping that somebody comes to save us. Jesus represents David, or David represents Jesus. So either way, go. the Lord will march out like a champion, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal with a shout. He, uh, he will raise the battle cry and triumph over his enemies. Zeal gives us supernatural boldness. Zeal makes you bold. And the reason is because he's our champion and he's walking out ahead of us. And hey, there's not, there's not anything that's going to face you that you can't overcome. I, I'm, I'm telling you, he's out in front of you. He is your champion. Just like our sins, like we celebrate on Easter, our sins were what was holding us back. Jesus died on the cross for those. He died. He rose again so that we could walk in eternal life, so we could walk in the abundant life, that John 10, 10. And what that, what that life does, what that confidence does, what that love does, it allows us to live a life of supernatural boldness, of zeal, knowing that no matter where, what faces you, that the Lord will march out like a champion ahead of you. Hey, I'm proud of you. And what I want to ask you to do, what I want to ask you to process, I want you to process those three things. Are you living a life that's set apart? Are you living a life of focus? Are you living a life of supernatural boldness? And I believe that focusing after and leading ourselves to a life of zeal will bring us to that type of life. I believe in you. I'm so excited about what God's doing in you. And hey, I want to encourage you, share this with somebody. Share what God's doing in your life. Be bold. If we would live a life of zeal, and what a better time to live a life of zeal, the week after Easter, walking in what God has done and what he's called us to do. I love you. I'm proud of you. Let's win the world that set out in front of us back from the enemy as we live lives of zeal. You're amazing. We'll see you on the next podcast.